podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday, which is deadline day. And it looks like Liverpool will complete the signing of Ryan Gravenberch from Bayern Munich for €40 million, Euro, which is about £34.5 million pounds, and £5 million in add-ons because, you know, why wouldn't you continue to overpay? Um, look, if we ignore the last two seasons that he's had, one was a poor season for Ajax and last year was a disaster. And just focus on his talent. The talent is undeniable. It really is. Like, he is very, very gifted as a footballer. Now, many players over the years have been gifted and not worked out. Many players have been hyped the way he was hyped at Ajax and not worked out. There is a bit of a funny thing when you look back at the last... 10 years or so at players that have come through at Ajax been very highly regarded or made their name at Ajax and been very highly regarded and moved on with great hype and just not worked out. Anthony, the gnome, the lick hasn't worked the way he was expected to, hasn't come close to living up to, to expectation. Frankie de Jong hasn't lived up to expectation. He's been good for, Bar- for for Barcelona in the last 18 months. But before that, I mean, they were happy to sell him last summer. They were more than happy to sell him last summer. So, you know, people can say he's immense. He's the, one of the best in the world. That's just because they go off his reputation and what they see in clips. He was a disappointment for a large chunk of his time at Barca, but he has found form and he has become a much more important player for them, but still not living up to the expectation because when he left Barca, he was expected to be within 12 months the best midfield player in the world and he's he's not in that conversation now. He could get there, there's no doubt, but he's not there at the moment. Matthias De Ligt did not do well at Juventus, was sold at a loss, has not done particularly well at Bayern, is now likely to be a squad player because they signed Kim Min Jae. Zayic is another one. Tadic was one. Brian Broby was one. So just because a player does really well at Ajax, and we have this idea of Ajax as this institution of football, this great academy, it doesn't necessarily mean that the player is going to work out. Now, the hope is that Gravenberch having been quite an embarrassing failure at Bayern for, for his own sake, not not general, not even caring about what the general 
consensus is he will be embarrassed about how things have gone. He'll be embarrassed about three league starts. So you hope that he arrives with a new attitude, new mentality, with something to prove, with a chip on his shoulder, and really commits, really, really commits. And if he does that, then potentially this transfer works out for us. It's hard to see what the plan is because we've signed three number eights and a number six who's not good enough to be our first choice. One of the eights is likely going to have to play quite a lot as a six and it it shouldn't be Gravenberch, but it also shouldn't be Alexis McAllister. And my worry is that we're going to waste Alexis playing him as a six with Dominic and Gravenberch's eights. You'd also have to wonder what this means for Curtis Jones. What it means for Harvey Elliott. Is it going to cut into their minutes? Curtis hasn't even played yet this season. But you would expect that he'll be back soon. And that he'll take up you know, a good chunk of minutes in one of the eight roles. You were kind of looking at Dominic and Harvey as the more attack-minded one and then Alexis and Curtis as the more controlling one and then Thiago would play as one of the controllers, as the controlling one and, and whatever else. And now you add Gravenberch to the mix and you ignore the position of need. And then in isolation, a midfield, a summer a summer haul of Dominic, Alexis, Endo and Gravenberch is pretty good. Like in isolation, it's probably a seven out of 10 summer. If you add in the sales we made and the players we were able to get rid of, you probably bump it up to an eight. But when you factor in that Fabinho left six weeks ago and the day he left, the two needs we had that were screaming at us we're defensive midfield and left-sided defender. And we've addressed neither of them. Instead, we've signed another eight, which we were already well-stocked in. The process at the club is clearly completely broken. Now, it does sound like major changes are coming at the club. It does sound like Jürgen's reign of power as sporting director is now over because it's been an abject failure in terms of the process. And even the actual outcome of not ending up with a defensive midfielder and the left-sided defender that you desperately needed, well, that hits it as well. So, like, overall, you'd have a tough time rating the window as more of a, more than a 6 out of 10. You really would have a tough time rating it more than that. Because... We didn't get two things we badly needed. We're going into another season leaving ourselves short. And why are we scrambling about on deadline day trying to get a deal done for a player that was clearly available in July? And I know people will say, oh, well, Byron weren't willing to let him go. Yes, they were. Why do you think they let him let us speak to his people in April? Byron were more than happy to let him go. The only reason Byron got iffy in the last couple of weeks is because it shortened the amount of time they would have to get a replacement in. 
Because if you look at the Bayern midfield, they only have four actual midfielders. Joshua Kimmich, Leon Goretzka, Conrad Lehmer, who arrived this summer, and Ryan Gravenberch. And last season, they didn't have Conrad Lehmer. So they had three midfielders plus, plus Paul Vanner, who's a child. So they needed to get another body in. And it looks like they're going to, it looks like they're going to get Jao Polina. So we're basically funding them buying Jao Polina, who I think they're getting for 57 million. They're still trying to get Trevor Chalaba. If they come out of this window with Kane, Chalaba and Jao Polina, Bayern will be very serious contenders for the Champions League this year. Very, very serious contenders. They've already added Lamer. They've already obviously added Kane. It's Tuchel's second year there. So, well, first full year. So he'll have had more time to work on things. They also signed Kim Min Jae. <laughs> Byron have had a hell of a window. If they get these two across the line, I don't know much about Daniel Peretz, the goalkeeper they've signed. Um, But they'll have had a hell of a window if they can get even just Joe Polina across the line. If they add, if they add uh, Chalaba as well, that's going to be a hell of a window. Massively upgraded their team. And they've done it without spending an enormous amount net spend-wise because they got really good money for Sadio Mane. They got really, really good money for Benjamin Pavard. And they got a big fee for Lucas Hernandez as well. We don't need to worry about the Champions League, though, because we didn't qualify for it. We're in the Europa League, which is just great. Just absolutely tremendous that we're in the Europa League. Um, Let's have a look. The draw is ongoing. Let's just go through this draw, then, and see what's going on so far. So, oh, it's been made. Right, here we go. So the group stage draw. Group A, West Ham, Olympiacos, Freiburg, T- TSC back at Topola. I don't know who, who they are or where they're from. Uh, group B, Ajax, Marseille, Brighton, and AEK Athens. That's a really tough group for Brighton. Really, really tough. Group C, Rangers, Real Betis, Sparta, and Aris Limassol. Group D, Atalanta, Sporting, Stormgratz, and Racco. We'll skip Group E because that's Liverpool's group. We'll go to Group F, Villarreal, Rennes, Maccabee, Haifa, Panikonitos. That's a pretty even group. Group G, Roma, Slavia, Prague, Sheriff, Tiraspol, Servette. Group H, Bayer Leverkusen, Quarabeg, Molda and Hacken. So Liverpool's group. This is a very, very, very favourable group. And frankly, if Liverpool came out of this group with anything less than 18 points, um, it would be a bit of a disappointment. So we get Lask from Austria. They're a good team, but they shouldn't trouble us at all. Union St. Gilles, the club owned by Tony Bloom, who also owns Brighton. They're in Belgium. Again, they're pretty good, but we should handle them more than comfortably. And then we got Toulouse in France. So not massive travel involved, 
should be some good aways for people. Those I'd imagine most people will have never been to those grounds. Have we played Lask before? We haven't played Union St. Gelos before. I'm sure we have played Toulouse before. But it's a long, long time. That's a pretty, pretty favourable group. It really is. We couldn't really have asked for better. So we should breeze through that group, even just playing the reserves. None of the first choice players should have to play in those games. Though we do have an issue where we don't actually have a backup right back now because Connor Bradley's out for months to come. Joe Gomez would be the other backup. Now you could go Joe Gomez at right back, Matip and Gerald Kwanza at centre back, Simicus at left back, Kelleher in goal. In midfield, I mean, it depends on who the starting midfield is, but Harvey won't be a starting midfielder, so he'll be in the league in the Europa League team. So will Curtis. And then it, I don't know who the third one will be. It could be it could be Gravenberch, it could be Endo, it could be Thiago. But we should be more than good enough there. And up front, Jota, Gakpo or Darwin and Ben Doak, I suppose. I mean, that team should comfortably win each of those group games and qualify, allowing us to only play our starters in the league, which is what Arsenal did last year. And we saw how well that worked for them. It was only when they had to start playing some starters in the Europa against Sporting that they began to shit themselves. Couldn't have asked for a better draw. Really couldn't. Um, West Ham's draw is is favourable as well. Freiburg will be tough. Olympiacos will be tough, but they should still progress. Brighton's group is really tough. Ajax and Marseille are good teams. AK Athens are pretty good. Um Rangers, I think, would be favourites to get second in their group. But hopefully they finish fourth. Um, yeah, so that is the Europa League group. Nice of them to get that done in time for this. Um, this is Anfield has some some Gravenberch bits and bobs. Uh, we're being sold propaganda that he was considered on the same level as Bellingham and Chumeni. He wasn't, but, you know. Uh, Liverpool complete 15th loan deal as left-back completes transfers. James Norris is gone on loan to Tranmere. So best of luck to him in the upcoming season. Nat Phillips completed his loan to Celtic yesterday. Uh, He'll be 27 when he comes back off that loan. Fantastic. Well done. Everybody involved has let that lad down more than once. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch likely to be the last signing of Liverpool summer, according to James Pearce. But there are still some rumours going around. And look, we we are leaving ourselves short and it's unacceptable. There's no reason we shouldn't be looking to do one more deal today whether it's Armel Belakotchup on a loan with an option to buy or an obligation to buy next summer, who would be perfect 
fits the profile of a Klopp centre-back. We're going to lose Matip next summer, so if you had him at least lined up and ready to come in, that would be ideal. Hincapié could be done. Tiete could be done. Calvin Phillips could be done. City are apparently willing to loan him. So why wouldn't we do that? And actually give ourselves a real defensive midfielder. Um, on to Liverpool.com. Uh, Liverpool transfer news is Mohamed Salah's situation changes and scouted teen on deadline radar. Let's have a look at that. Uh, we have had a couple of bits of news. Actually, there's breaking news on the BBC website. Liverpool reject 150 million Al Ittihad offer for Mohamed Salah. So it was in excess of 100 million with add-ons up to 150. Nonsense. We were never going to sell for that type of fee. Um, Mike McGrath of The Telegraph, who's one of the better journalists in the UK when it comes to transfer stuff, he says that we have an interest in Dan Neal, who's a young midfielder for Sunderland, 21 years of age. Now, Dan Neal's a good player, but he's another number eight. He could... He has played defensive midfield, but it's not his position. If you want a young championship midfielder, Hayden Hackney is the one to go for. He could be a defensive midfielder. Dan Neal is a good player, though, so you can understand why there would be interest. Uh, Liverpool.com have lots of Gravenberg stuff, lots more Gravenberg stuff. A piece about Andre, who looks very much like he might end up going to West Ham rather than us. Uh, more on Gravenberch, even more on Gravenberch. Mohamed Salah situation changes. Uh, David Ornstein, all Ornstein said was, if Salah kicks up a fuss, it's possible. But clearly, clearly Mo is not going to kick up a fuss. And then Dan Neal is the other player mentioned. Uh, it says a teenager has been scouted. He's 21 years of age. I'm not sure how he's a teenager. I'm almost certain he's 21. He is He is 21. He'll be 22 in December. Um, so I'm not sure where they've gotten teenager from. I think they've just made a mistake there because he did play for England in their 20s, hasn't played for the 21s. On AnfieldIndex.com, uh, we have a couple of articles, actually. We have um, Tony Evans' latest piece uh, where Tony claims the midfield rebuild is complete, but it's not because we don't have a defensive midfielder and you will win nothing in the modern game without a defensive midfielder. So it's not complete. It is... A little bit half-arsed, but at least two of the pieces coming in we know are going to be really, really good. Like, we know Dominic and Alexis are going to be really, really good. Endo is going to be average because that's what he is. He's an average player. And Gravenberch is a question mark. So it's not complete, but... It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And there is ways that maybe this group could work. 
but not in a way where they're going to meaningfully challenge the title, I don't think. But you never know. You never know. Jan Moby has said that Liverpool's transfer window doesn't make sense. There's a piece on that. Dave Davis has confirmed what we all knew, that it is Pep and Linders and Jurgen Klopp who have driven the bus on the Gravenberch transfer. Uh, you'll hear people say, oh, well, you know, he's been a target from <coughs> the smart people killed that transfer a year ago, and now it's come back up. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we had a policy of not buying from the Eredivisie when Michael Edwards and Ian Graham were in control. And as soon as Michael Edwards was gone and Ian Graham had resigned, we signed Cody Gakpo. And now we're signing another player based on what he did in the Eredivisie. That is a very, very clear departure from the process. But it is what it is. Uh, There is a new Moby on the spot. There are a couple more there. There's one with Harry Setti who spoke to a Bundesliga commentator on Ryan Gravenberch, which you should make sure to give a listen to when you get a chance. Um, There is a piece about Dan Neal as well, and there is a piece about the Ornstein, about the Salah bid being turned down. So that is it. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot more over the next few days with all that's going to go on with, you know, moves out, moves in, probably no more moves in, in in all likelihood. This is, this is what we get. Um, but on the plus side, at least you look around at our rivals for you know third and fourth, and they've all left themselves short as well. So that's at least a good thing. Um, yeah, I will see you all on Monday. Have a good weekend. Hopefully, hopefully a good three points against Villa. They're in decent form. Obviously, got thumped on the opening day, but they've looked very good since. We'll be without Virgil, we'll be without Ibu, we'll be without Thiago. It'll be after the international break for them. But Curtis is back, so that's at least one positive. Um, Gerald Kwanzaa, make sure you bring your boots, because you're probably going to have to play at some point. You did well against the turn, but Ollie Watkins is a different beast. It's going to be a tough game. It is going to be a tough game. We will see you all Monday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.